0: an emergency. The wagon that was approaching the girls, the wagon that was drawn by a huge hare with formidable ears, certainly caught Maggie's attention. Oh, Maggie wondered. Would she ever get used to the strangeness of Limendor, with its talking animals, 74-year-old gnome youngsters, immense crows, and now hares pulling carriages? A very sweet-looking old lady gnome stepped down from the wagon and walked towards Master Cruck the crow. She was all nice and round and was dressed in soft green velvet. Her gray hair was tucked under a funny little lacy white cap, upon which sat a lofty lavender-colored gnome's hat. "'And how are you doing today, Master Cruck? she said, inspecting his wing. "'My, my, you seem to have healed up beautifully. I bet you are ready to fly again, aren't you?' "'Well done.' Thank you so much for your kind help, dear Mother Comfrey. You have my heartfelt gratitude. Mother Comfrey smiled at the crow, then turned toward the girls. "Hello, Wren,". "Who is your young friend?" she asked. "Mother Comfrey, I would like you to meet Maggie." "Maggie, this is our Mother Comfrey," said Wren very properly. Now, reader, don't be surprised when I tell you that Maggie, upon meeting the old lady gnome, said, a polite, how do you do," and actually gave her a proper curtsy. Remember, these were the olden days, and that is what any young lady, having been taught proper manners, knew to do when meeting an elder. Perhaps she would have also done it to Wren when she met her, had she known her true age. But of course, when they met, Maggie thought Wren to be a very young girl. In case you didn't know, a curtsy curtsy is made by a lady or girl by putting one leg behind the other and gently bending the knees. curtsies were a form of greeting used by ladies when in the presence of someone much older or of royalty. Now we usually just shake hands or give a hug when we greet each other. Maggie, I'm very pleased to meet you, said Mother Comfrey. Here, this is for you both, she said, handing the girls each a blueberry. Remember, reader, a blueberry to the gnome is about the size of a peach to you. Maggie, remembering her apple jackets, quickly handed Mother Comfrey one in return. And of course, the apple jackets had shrunk to be hardly larger than the blueberry. It is a bit confusing, isn't it? Why, thank you, Maggie. This looks quite delicious. Mmm, and it tastes wonderful too, she said, primly covering her mouth as she spoke. Just as she finished the treat, she startled the girls by saying, Oh, dear! I had hoped to chat, but I sense that I can't stay. It seems that I am needed elsewhere, yes, and must be off at once. This seems like it is a bit of an emergency. Bye-bye, she said. The sweet old gnome spryly climbed back onto the wagon and steered Hassa towards the south, leaving the girls stunned, staring at each other with a surprised look in their eyes. Can you guess where Mother Comfrey was going? If you guessed to see Gus, you were right. Remember, Mr. Twig Whittle had left Gus to practice his whittling by himself. Well, unfortunately, Gus had not been that careful with his knife after all. Either he was too excited about learning something new, or he didn't really listen to Mr. Twig Whittle's directions. Maybe he thought he knew more about whittling than he really did. At any rate, Gus had just had an accident. He had urged his blade too deeply into the wood, thinking he could rush what he was doing. His knife slipped and cut his hand. Gus, at first not believing what he had done, quickly covered the wound with his other hand and did not dare to look at the damage. He sat there for a brief moment before he let out a thin wail. Poor Mr. Twigwittle felt just terrible for him, and he felt responsible. But he also knew that things in the realm of gnome always turned out all right. So just as Mr. Twigwittle went to comfort Gus, who should ride up but Mother Comfrey. At once, she nimbly stepped down from her carriage with her basket of remedies, acknowledged Mr. Twiglittle, and gave her full caring attention to Gus. Poor Gus was trying so hard to be brave. It wasn't very long before he'd proven how courageous he was. The time he had helped gnome papa. But this event required a different kind of courage. The cut really did hurt. He was already sorely regretting not paying better attention to Mr. Twig Whittle. Of course, he was afraid now that his parents would never allow him to use his knife again, or even worse, would forbid him to visit Limondor Woods. Mother Comfrey consoled him by gently taking his wounded hand. There now, there now, all will be as good as new, she told him as she dabbed at the blood of some special moss she had brought in her basket, and looked closely at the cut. Hmm, she said. This is pretty deep. Let me see what I can do, she said to herself. Then she surprised the two when she turned her head up towards the treetops and whistled a beautiful, sweet warble that sounded just like a bird. In a moment's time, a pretty bluebird flew down to the forest floor, cocked its head as if awaiting instructions. Mother Comfrey whispered something to it, and it flew promptly away. Then Mother Comfrey turned her attention back to Gus. She made him lie down on the forest floor while she held up his wounded hand high into the air and gently pressed on the injury. Then she did a curious thing. She asked him to describe what he could see overhead. Well, reader, you probably figured that out. By doing so, she meant to distract him, and it worked. In no time, Gus seemed to have forgotten about his hand as he spoke of how the treetops gently swayed, how the rays of sunlight danced in and out of their branches, and how swirls of clouds slowly swept across the deep blue sky. Look, there's a red squirrel way up high there. Ah, he just jumped all the way across to that other tree so far away, exclaimed Gus. Oh, and look, I can see a bird's nest too. Isn't it amazing, reader, how many things you can see when you really look?